right, welcome to the podcast. I'm Russell Dowden. This is the Texas Hemp Show podcast. Welcome to podcast number 114 this week. Gosh, 114. Okay, it's because we've done two this week. But 114 this week on the podcast, it's Russell, publisher and editor for the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. Those are available now. Our February-March issue just dropped and is available at smoke shops, CBD stores all across the Lone Star State, Houston, Dallas, Austin, McAllen, and San Antonio. Most recently adding that Rio Grande Valley area down there, Edinburgh, McAllen, Far, Mission, some of that South Texas audience finally picking uh, uh, getting to pick those up in their smoke shop CBD store retailers so approaching a thousand stores we're right around I believe 850 uh, stores and smoke shops around the state so very cool to get a free magazine out there and, and advocate for maybe get some better laws in place and uh, continuing our discussion here on the show this week is our friends from Texas for Responsible Marijuana Policy, their executive director, Lisa Sewell, joining us here on podcast number 114 this week. Lisa, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. How are you? Very good. Very good. Uh, great to have you on the show. I had, tell us about Texas for Responsible Marijuana Policy and uh, and what you guys are, are working on down there on Congress Avenue right now, Lisa. Absolutely. So we are currently... Um, you know, right now, January, uh, or first and foremost, we are Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy. We are the coalition of multiple nonprofits and like-minded individuals who are looking to reform marijuana laws in Texas. And so we are very excited for this 88th legislative session. Uh, we're very hopeful for reform We in both decriminalization initiatives and in medical. And so um, you, you mentioned, you know, committee filings. January 10th are... Uh, session started. And so we are now February 16th. So bills are being filed and continuing to be filed until March 10th, which is the deadline. And that is when we'll start to see some committee hearings. So we're very excited to see what's being filed. (laughs) What did we miss out on? on, You had an event down there or that you guys were were throwing, maybe it was either online or down at the Capitol on Tuesday. Uh, This is just Two days ago, uh, could you tell us uh, how the, was that a successful uh, event for you guys? I saw that on your website. Well, we actually did in January twenty first. We did a virtual advocacy training, which we think is really important for people to understand before going into session and visiting the Capitol and our representatives. And so that was a virtual event. Um, we have been down to the Capitol um, on multiple occasions, meeting with our representatives and having those discussions and trying to expand their knowledge on um, the bills that are being filed. So those are the events that we have. We do have an upcoming event, though, so we can definitely chat about uh, March 14th. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about that. I I guess uh, yeah. you've got a, the, the, we see um, there's one going on. I know that I'm attending down there on the 23rd of February with the Hemp Coalition. I'll be attending that. Tell us about your event on March 14th. Yes. So Lobby Day is um, an annual event at the Capitol. All uh, like-minded individuals come. It's It's a great event. Uh, I think in 2019, we had like two or, th- or 300 people show up and we were able to, um, you know, separate them all into districts and visit the the offices. And so 2021, thanks to COVID, we weren't, we had to do it virtually, which thankfully our representatives were very active in. 
But this year, we are doing it Tuesday, March 14th, and that will be in the auditorium at the Capitol from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And Russell, I just dropped you some links, if you don't mind sharing. It's the event pages on social media to, where everyone can register. Oh, okay. And uh, we'll be doing it again. So we're very excited to see everyone there. It's, it's the big event of the year, for sure. <laughs> can I go down there and just maybe pass out some magazines to folks attending your event or, or other events like that? It, we we won't want to we want to be down there and just kind of let people know that they can read the Texas Hemp Reporter to learn more information. Well, you know, any way that we could get information to our representatives is really helpful. So if you're interested in getting that information out, my suggestion would be to, um, when you're at the Capitol, to actually bring copies for all offices and deliver them door to door. And it's amazing how many people will actually reach out and have questions about what you have in your magazine. So that's a well, great initiative. Well, you 180 know, offices. Well, you know what <laughs> we... I've actually reached out to Representative James Tallarico as our rep here in Round Rock, and I, we've asked them to come on and, and talk to us about where they stand. And his, and his, he's my representative here in, in my district, so I thought about having them on. They said they would be willing to come on our show, and he's made their, they've made it clear to me that their office has been pro-medical and, and, and you know, positive with the bills that legislatures have had in the past. Are you familiar with him in Round Rock? Yes, we are, and very grateful for their support. And I will say to anyone watching, um, if you're wondering if your representative is in favor of bills or how they vote um, over a period of time, you can actually visit texasnormal.org, and they have a link to the voter guide. And so you can download that and look through and see how your representative has voted over the years. Well, Lisa, tell us what's on your agenda really right now for for your your organization. You guys work with, you know, Normal and the other groups. Texas Cannabis Collective is, is the one that comes to mind as well. But what, you know, what what's on the real agenda what's this year? What do you what are you looking to try to to get moved around the most? I guess, or what are you most excited about here in, in the eighty eighth? So, first and foremost, you know, we have some unreasonable uh, consequences, harsh penalties that people are getting arrested for here in Texas for simple possession. And so we're really looking forward to, um, you know, reducing those penalties in some sort. And look, we, we live in a very conservative state. I would love to say that we could just get rid of all arrest period and expunge all records, and that would uh, be the way to go. But we have to take baby steps here with any type of reform. And so from the decriminalization side of things, we definitely are hoping to reduce the penalties, um, of course, eliminate them if at all possible, but reduce mm -hmm. the penalties from what they are currently uh, down to more of a minimum and no arrest. And of course, expungement would be wonderful and we'll always support that and push for that. In the medical expansion program, you know, we have our compassionate use program and that has been expanded ever since 2015. And of course it's adding, you know, a few elements here and elements there. And so we're really hopeful that this session, we will increase the cap on THC for our medical patients. We will add additional elements, especially chronic pain and include any additional um, through a rulemaking process uh, instead of having to wait every two years for our legislature to decide if that ailment should be included or not. So both definitely decriminalization and medical expansion are going to be our initiatives. 
Yeah, my fiance has suffers from lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, and I think she would have qualified for had they got the chronic pain in there. That that's and my mother has a. Uh, some issues with fibromyalgia. So chronic pain is the one we really want to see pushed in there, Lisa, uh, this next session. A hundred percent. I agree with you. There's so many, look at the, what the opioid epidemic has done mm -hmm. to our, our world and what a great alternative that we can have. So I a hundred percent agree. Well, reducing penalties for low level possessions. You know, I'm curious if, mm -hmm. if they remove those from our, our history, how far back will that go exactly? I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious too. It's not very specific in the bills submitted so far, so we'll yeah. definitely have to look into that. Because yeah, I have one, I, I I have one that goes back quite a ways there. I'm just wondering if that could ever come off uh, if they ever do do that one. One day, my friend. One day. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So I've, we've covered a little bit on the pre-qualifying conditions. You mentioned that uh, um, chronic pain certainly one. Can they, are they moving to do anything this session with giving the doctor discretion? Uh, is that something that's been talked about? No, all great questions. So you mentioned multiple things that stand out to me. First mm -hmm. and foremost, doctors should be uh, mm -hmm. providing those recommendations of what should be allowed, right? I mean, mm -hmm. those are our doctors. We need to be able to work with them directly. And our legislature currently adds ailments every two years. And so what we'd really like to see is that to happen. But um, if you look at Representative Click's bill this session that she passed 1805, or not passed, but submitted, um, that includes all additional elements to be added through the Department of Health and Human Services rulemaking process, mm -hmm. which means we don't have to wait every two years to have that happen. So we can see more things added after yeah. the session until next time we meet. So that's a really big, big that's time. a step forward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, you mentioned the cap, right? Mm -hmm. So, yes, we always focus on, rep for anyone watching, we always focus on Representative Click's bill, uh, specifically because she's the one who established the Compassionate Use Program in 2015 and has been, most of the time, the chairwoman for the health uh, Public Health Committee and has been successful expanding the program every session. So yeah. we always watch hers a lot closer, but we're always wanting more reform for the safe and legal access. Well, she's access, always right? the one cut with, she's the one cutting edge, you know, lawmaker that's pushing, you know, to, to, to always improve things. So I think that, that rulemaking process, we discussed that on the show a few weeks ago with Chelsea Spencer. Absolutely. How often are you guys down there? Are you down there like every day with this, when they're in session, how, how is your activity daily when, when they're, when their lawmakers are meeting, how often are you there? Um, our organization is actually there on a regular basis. We try to get down there weekly. And on the days that we're not able to be there, we are at, at daily um, communicating with all offices. So um, just depends on a lot of the questions they have. And then we're reaching out to follow up on uh, support of specific bills. And so we're just very excited to be able to have that opportunity remote and in person. But being in person is extremely important. Extremely. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break here on the Texas Hemp Show. This is podcast 114. I'm going to go to a quick commercial break, though. We'll continue our conversation, though, with Lisa Sewell. Um, the web, visit their website, texasmarijuanapolicy.org, and we will continue and talk about the, the 
upcoming, uh, you know, the session that's going on and what we can anticipate. We'll talk about some municipalities as well in the state of Texas and what um, communities can do to try to, you know, change laws and make cannabis a little more accessible to, to them as well that way. So more after this, it's the Texas Hemp Show podcast. I'm Russell. We'll be back on the other side. Our guest, Lisa Sewell, the Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy, right after this. Hey, this is Cheech Marine, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. Why take a chance with your hemp grow? Join Hemp Plan and avoid the risk. TPS Lab's exclusive hemp monitoring program. Hemp Plan members get one-on-one consulting from knowledgeable consultants who are available when you need them most. If you want to take the guesswork out of growing hemp and focus on what matters most, call TPS Lab today and ask for your free consultation. Take the next step to a successful harvest. Visit tpslab.com or call today at 956-383-0739. Hey, this is Tommy Chong, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. Do you qualify for medical marijuana? Texas allows medical-grade products with THC. If you have a diagnosis of PTSD, neuropathy of any kind, including diabetic, any cancer or seizure disorder, Dr. A at Good Earth MMJ Clinic will help. You believe in cannabis' medical benefits, as do we. VA veterans with PTSD do not fear, as your benefits are protected with a Dr. A's prescription in Texas. Please visit GoodEarth210.com for all details and to book an appointment. Next day appointments available. We're here to get you well, not high. That's GoodEarth210.com. The Texas Hemp Report is available free at over 1,000 CBD and smoke shops across Texas. McAllen, Houston, Austin, Dallas, Lubbock, and San Antonio. Texas lawmakers will be in session this year to improve or alter laws on cannabis products. So stay tuned and informed this legislative season with the Texas Hemp Show podcast and the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. Would you like to host the Texas Hemp Show podcast at your business or special? event now booking live broadcast from your location with our new demo vehicle the texas green machine email russell at texas hemp reporter at gmail.com now back to the show with your host russell Dowden. All right, welcome back to the Texas Hemp Show, podcast number 114 this week on the program. And uh, joining us, Lisa Sewell is our guest um, with Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy this week on the show. So they're out to get me. We're out to get them. (laughs) That's what I say. Let's get these guys and get their butt in motion and let's get some some, – good medicine for our veterans and and for folks experiencing chronic pain and 
and, uh, and and higher quality cannabis for those that are in have receiving you know for cancer and, and already those pre qualified conditions it would be good wouldn't it Lisa to have better quality medicine in the Lone Star State absolutely I mean when can other forms besides gummies come into play in, with the legislature is anybody put anything like that together where we well, currently we actually have uh, lozenges, we have oh, oils, right. edibles, and tinctures. Uh, of course, thanks to the smokable ban that was uh, filed a, a while back that we're not able to even discuss smokable flour. So that is kind of the limit to what we could do. Of course, there are always initiatives to bring that back. And I'm mm -hmm. really excited to see what kind of bills are filed to even bring that to uh, the attention of the legislators. And it is discussed when we talk to them. But um, anyway, yes, we are behind. Yeah. For sure. Well, let's talk about decrim on a, for a moment, if you don't mind. I, I understand there were, I think we reported, I think last fall there in November, there was four municipalities that had, you know, I think Elgin or Maynard, Coppers Cove, there were a number of them. Denton, Texas, I think is is uh, there's three or four of them mentioned there. And where are we at with you know municipalities decriminalizing cannabis? Yes. So you know ultimately that is the ongoing issue here in Texas because we haven't we ha because we have not passed statewide reform on decriminalization. Mm -hmm. Cities continue to try to pass their own initiatives in the interest of their constituents, which in theory is a great concept. And we support it 100%. We do not need any more arrests. We don't need disproportionate arrest. And the stories could go on, right? But because we're seeing this patchwork policy across the state, um, there's a lot of back and forth of what's allowed between state law and city law. So as you mentioned, you know, back in November, we saw five major cities, and then there have been multiple that have successfully passed prior to that, local initiatives to decriminalize small amounts of marijuana. So, you know, we love it and we support it. And we, we wish um, the state could actually get behind that. So that way the cities don't have the same problem of, um, you know, state law versus city law, because we're, we're seeing a lot of lawsuits come out of those initiatives. And Currently, even in Colleen and Harker Heights, which are one of those mm -hmm. locations that um, passed that reform in November, are still battling it. Denton as well. So we're really hoping something can be passed statewide so we don't have this patchwork moving forward. I, I heard, Lisa, there was a, a, a plan to circumvent the, uh, the power of the people. We're a non-ballot initiative, state Texas, but... I heard there was a way they can go around that. Is it, 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 I mean, we we do have specific types of no, no, we're not we we can't vote uh, that way. But I will say that there are. Um, I, I'm going to pull this up really quick. We're talking. Uh, you can actually do joint resolutions mm -hmm. and joint resolution measures. It it's a proposed amendment to the Texas Constitution, and it requires a supermajority in both chambers of the That's House right. and Senate to be adopted. But it does not require action by the governor. So to become effective, provisions of the joint resolution um, must be approved by voters in Texas, which sounds wonderful, right? But can you imagine what it takes in our state to pass 
a majority in both chambers. And so it's very low chances that we're actually going to be able to have those passed. Um, so in a perfect world, we'd love the, the voters to decide, as you saw Houston, uh, or a university in Houston just came out with a recent uh, statistic that 82%, 82 percent, yeah. 82 vote in favor of legalization in Texas. And yeah. we're still sitting here acting for crumbs for our medical program. And please don't arrest us disproportionately. Yeah, yeah I think involved. there was uh, now wasn't there a recent tactic um, and it might have been in a in a, in a um, I don't know if it was an emergency session, but did, did they try for a joint measure on uh, gun reform or something else? Some, the joint measure option came up for something else uh, within the legislature. Uh, earlier uh, or late last year, maybe uh, I, I thought I heard maybe it was something to do after, um, you know, gun control or something there. I wasn't sure. Do you know? If I'm they honestly not familiar with that. I know that there were some things that came up in the spe between the special session and the 88 session. Yeah, there was an ad hoc committee that tried to discuss uh, decriminalization initiatives. And it was not just about cannabis, but it was about multiple issues. Yeah. And so we did provide some comments to that, but uh, there wasn't anything that came out of that. Yeah, no, I, I heard about that um, uh, during the special session that that was true. There were some things that was trying to, to um, get moved there. But uh, uh, what do, when we had Chelsea Spencer on Lisa a few weeks ago, you know, she, she was, I think, more pessimistic about things getting done in the 88th, but she basically just said in that podcast, which you can hear is I think podcast 111, that there's still seen, there's still change needed at senior leadership. Yes. Well, to add to that, she's correct. And, and I love Chelsea. She does such great work. So um, I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, at the end of the day, we all know what the chokehold is yes. in our state's policy and it's our Lieutenant governor. And so without the change, without our voters deciding on this specific change, and I mean, there's there's not much we can do. So when, I mean, he controls the Senate and the Senate is what moves these bills. Yeah. And so we really need to be having those conversations about how we can, I mean, can you change his mind at this point? I'm feeling pessimistic also, yeah. um, but we do have a governor that is in support. He, he said, if it comes to his desk, he'll sign it. So what can we do there? Yeah. You know, we're definitely exploring all strategies. How can we get more funding for advertising? Like, I think billboards would be great. All if, I mean, gosh, we, we I wish, you know, we need a like a Elon Musk needs to be pro cannabis in Texas or something so that we would get, you know, a positive statewide advertising campaign. I'm, I'm come from broadcasting and advertising uh, professionally is my background. And it just uh, getting that awareness out there is real challenge, isn't it? Yes. And actually you break up a really good point. So what I find really interesting is our, we have such a large state. I mean, we have 29 million people plus yeah. in the next few years, we're going to add quite a few more million. And I find it that, you know, most people, when you ask them about the compassionate use program, they don't even know about it. Or you ask them about, you know, I went into a store the other day and I just randomly asked the cashier at the gas station about Delta 8 products. And I said, yeah, well, you sell a lot of these. And they said, oh, yeah, I hear that it's going to go recreational this year. And it just made me sad because I thought people really don't know what's going on here. And so how do you change? How do you get people to vote? Because this is their issue. 
it's about money and time yeah. and people who dedicate their time and volunteer to make these things happen. So, I mean, it's people like you that put your information out there and get it into the stores that people are reading and billboards who's, you know, willing to to spend that money to put it out there as well. So, and of course, supporting coalitions like ours, we're volunteers. And so we're, you know, we really want to help the best we can, but we ultimately need money to make things like that happen. Yeah, it, uh, it, it takes money to, to really make it work. And Lisa Pittman was sitting with me on my podcast at the Cannabis Roundup up in Dallas. We were hanging out up there with Dalton and that crew last yes, last I was there. Oh, were you there? Okay. Well, Lisa was there. Yeah. I had my little podcast set up in front of the kegs over there in that in that little pub over there. And the thing was, uh, Lisa said, had something very poignant that she pointed out. Is she says, you know, Russell, they this this state gets so much lobby from uh, energy and from. Uh, gas and and oil, you know, out in the down there in the Houston and the Bayou, and then you've got you know, uh, cattle, the cattle, you know, cattle and agriculture. There's so much money behind other industries. What's a real challenge, you know, for 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 lobbying effort? Fun. The money just hasn't shown up yet in Texas for big lobby reform for lawmakers to really get behind it and. This was really evident when you looked at the lieutenant governor's fundraising last fall. I think he was 45, 44, 40 million ahead of the most closest Democratic candidate in fundraising, uh, Lisa. So the cannabis community has to lobby with their wallet, and and, uh, and that's just how it works. Uh, yes, no, and I'm so, again, glad you brought this up. I mean, it, it is the honest truth about where our organization is. I mean, we have great lobby groups across the country. We have great partnerships within our coalition. We all do our best. We all dedicate what we can. But, you know, when you're looking at major corporations that donate money and time to other other causes, and then you compare it to what the law reform here in Texas um, has, it's just, it's not the same. So, I mean, yeah, you're, you know, Dan Patrick's campaign, I think, like you said, I'm looking here now. I mean, we've got $25 million. Their contributors write $125,000 checks. So, <laughs> Speaking to that, how can people, how do you guys fundraise? I attended a, an event that you guys had. Besides that, like what, what, do you, what does your organization do to, to get member support and, and that kind of thing? Can you talk about that? Sure. So we actually uh, hosted a first uh, 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 conference. We did a cannabis conference at Texas A&M, and it was it, it was a very successful event. We were able to do a lot of fundraising and get a lot of people involved, and it was just we got such great feedback from it. So we're really looking forward to hosting another one in the in in the coming year. So. That being said, I mean, we we really need to establish more credibility and understanding and education around the plant in Texas. Uh, one of the most discouraging things we do as advocates is when we're talking to our representatives and they still have that, you know, reefer madness mentality. And I mean, how do you change that? You, yeah. you work hard. You have the you know answer the questions. You host seminars. You host conferences. You, you know, just take the time to educate them because they really just don't know. And so that's one way that Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy does uh, fundraising and, and just kind of helping in that regard. You know, it really takes all of us to to make this work because um, yes. 
And uh, I hope that we're, you know, influencing culture, educating folks and, and, you know, having the podcast and having you on and, and talking to these attorneys and, and the influencers that are in this state, we try to try to have a, you know, educate people, you know, if you will. And so it's just hats off to you and the work that you guys do. How can we support you or do, can we publish anything that you guys want out? Is there a press release that we can give you guys or, or give you a platform? I mean, I'm just willing to support you any way we can on our end as a media company to help uh, your, your work and your, and your, and educating the public. Listen, thank you so much. That's such a kind offer. And we appreciate the work you do. You know, like you said, I mean, you're educating the public, you're getting your information out there and you're doing it credibly. So we appreciate that. Um, so to answer your question, you can, uh, people can always visit our website and there is a donate button. We, again, we're, we're not paid. We're doing all of this because it's something passionate and we want to see true reform here. Um, you could definitely also, uh, you know, just as far as information within your, your, um, the hemp reporter magazine, we're happy to share anything and, and get press releases or whatever. Um, so we're very happy to do it. And of course, most importantly, you know, we really want everyone to attend lobby day because that is such an important event for our representatives to hear from their constituents. And that's one thing that we lack a lot. Our representatives need to hear more from us. And if they don't, then they're not going to be so passionate to support these bills. So, um, yeah. again, thank you for even supporting us and, and putting our information out there. You've got a great group of people. Texas leads in so many things, Lisa, yet this cannabis issue is, is it's time. It's high time we move on from the Harry Anslinger days of of uh, criminalizing this plant, and I think that uh, Texas has held on to some of those old ideologies. But it's it's come to where I think the culture is ready for this, aren't they? Oh, absolutely, I agree a hundred percent. And I mean, it's statistics tell it's time. So let's let's all work together and get done what we can. And we really look forward to seeing progress this session and in the coming years. And and hopefully one day we'll be on par and not the uh, outlier of uh, the industry standards. Well, I wanted to mention, and we'll I'll let you fire off the website and tell folks how they can how they can get in touch with you. Um, but uh, I noticed you had a kind of an advocacy resources segment on your website. Can you talk about that and just like you had the vote the normal voter guide on there, and and it also tells folks like how who represents them in their district. Can, can you talk about the advocacy resources segment? Oh, absolutely. So, um, we have on our website, we have a resources tab. So for anyone who wants to use that, um, this is very helpful for any initiative you're doing. So we have the voting record guide, which is a link to Texas normal who puts the guide together every year. And we're very grateful for their leadership on that. And if you don't know who your legislator is, you can click on a link below that and it just it, you plug in your address and it tells you what district you're in so you know who represents you if you don't already know. Another resource is like we have a legislative flow chart. So if you're not really familiar with the process in Texas and how laws are made, it's just a simple graphic that is helpful. Um, we talk about how you can craft your testimony, how you can be a better advocate. It gives you tips. We provide a training guide. And then below that, we have resources. So we have a, a section of a ton of resources on medical cannabis that, again, you can print and utilize at your disposal or share with your reps or whoever, your doctors, uh, your grandma. 
And then uh, decriminalization uh, references, Cannabis 101. We also touch base on federal policy, a little bit on hemp. And then uh, we'll continue to add to this as time goes on. So we hope you find it useful. Yeah, that's really cool. We've got that on screen for folks to see. And I just wanted to point that resource out. How fire off your website, tell folks how they can, you know, reach out to you, support you, uh, you know, and the big event is what, March 14th coming up? March 14th. We hope to see everyone there. Yes. So you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And it's just Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy. You can go to our website at texasmarijuanapolicy.org and or you could email me directly um, or find me on social media and message me. But my email is lsewell at txmjpolicy.org. But yes, please do join us, follow us. We do keep you updated regularly. And then you can also sign up on our website to receive updates, which we'll be providing routinely during this session and moving forward after that. So we look forward to working with you. Uh, look them up on the internet, guys. Uh, send her an email. Uh, is there a phone number anywhere anyone can reach out? Do you want to shout out a phone number at all, Lisa? Just wanted to give you that yeah. opportunity if you have one. If not, it's okay. Yeah, we just, we're just ter- currently using our emails. So if you email me and you have anything, I'm happy to respond back. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being a part of the show. It's very educational. We appreciate the work. March 14th, show up down there, folks, and and uh, let your voice be heard. Uh, our guest, uh, yeah. Lisa Sewell with uh, Texas Responsible Marijuana Policy. Thank you. We wish you the best. We'll have you on soon. If you need anything from us, you send me an article. Hey, Russell, I got a press release. Will you print this? Send it my way. Uh, Maybe we can even get an interview with you uh, in the magazine in this upcoming April issue. We kind of have a little fun with the whole 420 thing in April. So it might be a good idea to get you uh, guys to get me an interview with you in the magazine, Lisa. I don't know if you'd be open to that. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me and, and sending out the information. We appreciate it. Well, thank you for your time and thank you for being on the show this week. We appreciate you. You too. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. There she goes. That's Lisa uh, Sewell, our guest this week on Podcast 114. We hope you enjoyed the show and educate yourself a little bit about the process with everything down there on uh, Congress Avenue. I'm Russell. This is Podcast 114. Stay tuned next week for our next show, which will be a live broadcast from San Antonio at our friends down at Santa Cana in San Antonio, Texas. It's Russell with the Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine. Be sure to pick up one of these out there in your smoke shops or CBD stores around the state, guys. And uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Say hello. We'll see you guys next time. It's the Texas Hemp Show. Thank you.